All right, so tonight we're going to talk about how to hear God's voice. I'm sure all of us could probably agree that we want to hear God better, or some of us might be in the spot where we're like, I just want to hear God in general. That would be nice. Well, hopefully after tonight, you, you'll have at least an action plan to be able to do that. Honestly, I'm pr- I pray that tonight you hear from him. You, you legitimately hear from him tonight. Um, so we're going to talk about ways that God speaks, as well as how to get to that place. For some of you, you might have you know, been walking with Jesus for decades, and uh, you've heard him speak many times. Maybe this will um, kind of set you in a new place to adventure with the Lord and, and hear from him in a new way, or your story, again, can impact other people around you. So I really want to try and get us some time in that discussion and experience time to be able to listen uh, to God and see what he's saying to us and then maybe even through us as well. So I want to jump into it tonight. Now, on Sunday, uh, Pastor Jail had one point in her sermon that was all about hearing from God, and that's what we're going to talk about tonight. Jail highlighted a key point that comes out of last week's teaching as well, that there's no other religion out there where the deity or the God figure actively spoke and is speaking still to their followers. And Jesus, from the beginning... God from the beginning has wanted to speak to his kids, has spoken to his kids, and is still speaking right now. And what I love about when you, especially you look at scripture and you look at the books of Acts, because Acts all the way through the rest of the New Testament is the same era that we're living in right now. So it's post-Jesus dying, raising to life, post-ascension. We're in the same place. So any of the stories in the books of Acts are accessible to us now. That's just, just how it is. And so like when you, when you look at those stories, and we're going to look at a couple little examples, and, and, and I'll do some shout outs to that, but like the book of Acts is crazy. It's crazy. But we're in that place right now. We're in between Jesus ascending into heaven and coming back again. And he wants to speak. Now, the first thing I want to address tonight before we even jump into some of these things is anyone can hear from God. Anybody. In the book of Acts, there's a Roman named Cornelius who sees a vision from God. He, that's before he's a believer. Anyone can hear from him. Now, if, if you are a believer, if you've trusted Jesus as your Lord and Savior and his spirit dwells within you, then you can. Like, you do not lack the ability. All we got to do is just tune into the right channel. It's like your radio works. It's on. You obviously hear everything from your inner dialogue to lies to gossip to all the other stuff. My hope tonight is that we can just tune in to that right channel. We can start to tune into what, what, what God is speaking into our lives. And the ways that he speaks are vast. He's limitless. So I want to talk about a few of those tonight. Psalm 27, 7 and 8. This is a part, um, you might recognize, recognize this as, I mean, this is like one of my life verses. And if you know, Psalm 27 is just an amazing psalm. It says, hear me as I pray, O Lord. Be merciful and answer me. My heart has heard you say, come and talk with me. And my heart responds, Lord, I am coming. Lord, I am coming. What I love about this is that I want to get in your minds right now that you do not have to use your physical ears to hear from God. Here, Scripture says, David saying, his heart hears and his heart responds. And so I want to start thinking about hearing a little bit differently. We have, how many senses do we have? Five. We have five senses. If you have six, then come talk to me. We'll, uh, <laughs> we'll pray. But we have five senses, and God will speak through all of them, through all of them, through seeing, 
through tasting, through touching, through smelling, through feeling, through the whole gambit. And hearing from him is a part of all of that. And so start to break outside the box of just like actually hearing with your ears, but like you're going to be hearing with all of your senses, so to speak. Because right here we see David is hearing from his heart. He wants to speak to us through any avenue possible. And the truth is, he's going to speak to every single one of you differently than other people. Because there's a personal relationship with him, all of this is based out of. So how you hear from God is going to be a little bit different than how I hear from God. Now, there might be a lot of similarities, or there may be some big differences. But the truth is, hopefully tonight, we're going to be able to get to a spot where you're going to know it's coming from God, and you're going to be more confident in your walk, for sure. So as we think about hearing from God, there's two questions that I want to consider as we listen and try to hear from him. The two questions are this. What do you want me to know? What do you want me to do? Those two questions, if you filter everything, no matter if you're seeing visions or dreaming dreams or you're hearing impressions or downloads or however you're hearing from God, these two questions, you should filter everything through. Um, I first heard these questions from a testimony of a CIA operative who the CIA hired because he heard from God. He was coming up with answers to diplomatic situations and to hostage situations and things that no one no one knew how he was doing it. And even in his interview process with the CIA, he was honest. He's like, well, you're not going to like uh, my process. And the guy's like, well, try me. And he's like, well, honestly, I asked God two questions. What do you mean to know? And then what do you want me to do? And that's his whole basis. And he's been operating um, with the government and through all sorts of different channels for decades. And has, he has crazy, crazy stories. Um, and I can give you his uh, resource after. But Yes, two questions. What do you mean to know? What do you want me to do? And I think those two things, as we, as we hear from God and in the future as you hear from God, filter everything through those two questions because what do you want me to know? That's any gambit possible. He might give you a dream, a vision, an impression, a word, something in the, in the Bible, like anything. But then what do you want me to do? That's where his word crosses into some territory where it starts to change you too and can change people through you as well. And there's a lot of times where we just stop with what he says and, and we don't actually put that into action. So what do you want me to know? What do you want me to do? Those two questions are huge, are huge. So that's kind of the entrance to this whole thing. Think about, you do not lack the ability to hear from him. And when you do hear from him, we're asking those questions. What do you mean to know? What do you want me to do? All right, ways God speaks to his people. The first way we're going to talk about is probably the easiest spot to be able to hear from God is through his word, through his word. 2 Timothy 3.16, all scripture is God-breathed. Everybody say God-breathed. God-breathed. And it's useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness so that the servant of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. Every good work. So the Bible, the word, is God-breathed. It is the word of God. So if you ever wanted to hear God speak, the easiest way is just to open up your Bible. And you'll, see, you'll, you'll hear him speak right there. It's the word of God. You're, I've said this before, where the, the Bible, if you, as soon as you open it, you have the potential for unbridled breakthrough, for healing, for, for words from him, for revelation, for resurrection, for redemption, for freedom, because that's all him. That's part of his character. When you open up his word, you're accessing those parts of him. So his word is the 
best place and the easiest place to start to hear him speak. So if you're in a spot tonight where you're just like, I mean, I don't, I don't know about all this vision stuff. I don't know about like all the, the impressions and, and, and feeling and all that. Start with his word. If you start with his word, you're going to get to know him better and you're going to hear him speak through that. The best part of the word is that it's him. Like it's actually him. John 1.1, 1, 1, in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. Verse 14, it says the word becomes flesh. So it's actually Jesus. Like the word became flesh, meaning Jesus. So when you open up your Bible, it's not just God breathed, but it is God. Like it's perfect. It's flawless. It's redemptive. It's everything in his character. So that right there should show you, hopefully that lie that I can't receive from God or I can't hear from God, you can see that that's from the pit of hell. Because if you open up the Bible, you can hear him speak. You can. And he wants to talk to you through it. That's why, I mean, I've read certain passages like a lot of times. Every time I get something a little bit different, it's because it, his word is him and he's limitless. So I could read the same chapter every day of my life and I could get something new every single time. That's the potential that we have. So through his word, I want to give you an example of hearing uh, something through his word. In John 8, I was just reading this yesterday morning and Right now, my quiet times, my happy hours, I'm just like, I'm not trying to read a chapter in its entirety. I did that for just years and years and years where I'm going to read this chapter and then that chapter. I'm legitimately reading till I'm like, I feel like I'm full. And so um, it's really challenging for me as a melancholy. Like I'm really detail oriented and I want to like, ch- like finish the thing. I don't like, I can't leave a puzzle that's just not done yet. I will stay up for hours to finish a puzzle my kids started because I can't take not finishing something. So this has been a little bit tougher for me, but I'm reading in John. I ended up only doing a few verses, but John 8, 12 says this. And so this is just out of my uh, personal journal. This is what the verse says. When Jesus spoke again to the people, he said, I'm the light of the world. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. So that's what I read. And as I'm reading that, I'm just like waiting for the Holy Spirit to just highlight some stuff. So I started in John 8, verse 1. This is 12. So at 12, I feel my spirit just kind of like, it's kind of like butterflies, kind of like a, it just kind of leaps. I almost equate it to like when um, Elizabeth had John in her womb and Jesus came near and, and John leapt because the spirit was, was with him. That's what I equate it to. I feel like the spirit in me leaps when Jesus is near. Does that make sense? So when I'm reading the word, the spirit in me is like, that, that. And I'm like, okay, okay, what about that? And I start asking some, some questions just internally. And so I'm like, okay, what about this really gets my, my heart pumping? And this could be in a negative way or a good way. He could speak through both, where I could find something super challenging or something that honestly, I'm like, I don't know if I believe that. I don't know if I'm allowed to say that because I'm reading scripture. Of course, it's true. But like, it has to operate as truth in my life to, to be true for me. Does that make sense? And so when I'm at that point, I'm like, okay, if this is challenging, I'm trying to figure out why. Like, God, what are you trying to say to me? Why is this challenging? And honestly, what jumped out to me as something challenging in that verse um, said, this is Jesus speaking. He says, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness. And I'm like, over my years of ministry, and honestly, coming out of the last season of life, I'm like, I feel like I've walked in darkness. But there's a promise in this scripture that says, 
whoever follows me will never walk in darkness. So I just basically put up my hands up in the air. I'm like, well, what the heck, God? You said that if we follow you, we'll never walk in darkness, but I feel like I've been walking in a dark season. And I've seen people around me, people that are coming in for meetings that are in darkness. I'm like, how is this possible? Like, what does this mean? And so right there, I'm just like, I start opening up this dialogue where I could have just been like, that's a promise to claim. And I, you know, I just chalk it up as truth, but I, I don't actually dig further into it. So now I'm starting to like learn God's character. Like God wants to reveal his character to you. So as I do that, this is what I ended up uh, right now. This is such a huge promise to claim. If you follow Jesus, you will not walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. There's so many times as Christians that our walk feels dark. Depression, disappointment, they cloud our vision and mind like darkness. We can't seem to shake. But the truth is it will never be too dark. It will never be too much. The truth is we have the light of life within us. So what I'm thinking of here is like, okay, if, I'm, if I feel like I'm in the dark, and this is just what God spoke to me, okay? This is just like out of my happy hour yesterday. I'm like, if I feel darkness around me, I wonder if I'm not looking in the right place for the light. Like if I'm following him and he's leading me on a path behind me, then following him is the answer. So I'm like, if it's darkness in front of me, I need to turn around and try to find that path. Then I'm like, well, if I feel like I'm surrounded by darkness, what if Jesus actually wants me to, is trying to lead me inward? Like there's something in me. And then I see a light within me. The Holy Spirit lives within me. So no matter where I am, darkness is around me, there's still the light of life that, that resides inside of me. And so maybe there's something that I don't need to move forward yet. It's dark there. I'm not going to try and walk in the dark because that's how you fall on your face. I'm going to instead take a little journey inward. Like, God, what are you trying to show me about me? And so I'm like, oh my gosh, then there's so much opportunity to find that light. And for me, I'm like, okay, that's how the promise can be true in a dark season. Because generally, like if you took emotionally healthy spirituality, the journey inward is when you hit the wall or when you feel darkness all around you. And I'm like, God wants to reveal something in me. So that's how God spoke to me yesterday morning. Where I'm like, I didn't feel an, like this crazy impression. I didn't get a vision. I didn't get like a trance or anything like that. It was just God like jumping at what I'm reading. And then I'm just going to follow that. And so that's how it worked for me, but that's how it works for so many of us. And maybe it doesn't look exactly like that, but through his word, he wants to speak. And that's through any scripture, anything. It could be the craziest scripture you see. It could be the most uh, cliche scripture you see. God wants to speak through it. He does. So he speaks through his word. Psalm 119, 105, one of my favorite verses ever. Your word, I mean, God's word is a lamp for my feet, a light to my path. It's a lamp. Sometimes it's like one of those dim solar lamps, it feels like, like on the pathway, and you can barely see. But light is light nonetheless. And sometimes the darkness tries to cloud it, but God wants to show you something. He does every single time. So no matter where you're at, he will and wants to speak through the word every time. All right, that's through the word. Another way he speaks to, or through, to us is through his people. So like Pastor Jail said this weekend, God speaks through his people and like through his children. In the Old Testament, that primary way to speak to, to speak to his people is the idea that people like they didn't have, they didn't have a book of scripture to like reference when they were in the Old Testament. They didn't have like a, a Bible like we have. They had all their stories were passed down orally. And so 
their families would continue to tell the stories. And that's why it's such a big thing in the wilderness. The Israelites, they have to like do these, the, um, these, these big celebration and remembrances of what God had done so that nothing was forgotten because it wasn't written down yet. And at the, the point when Moses wrote the first five books, a lot of the, the male culture in the Hebrew culture would have to like memorize a lot of that um, through schooling early on. And those that like really had a knack for it would then go, there's three different schools that you could go to in the Hebrew culture to become, would be like a Pharisee or um, a teacher, um, pastor, kind of what you'd equate it to now. Um, but most of the males in the Hebrew culture had to memorize large portions of the Torah so that they could pass that into their family and talk about that and teach their family. Very family-oriented culture. And so through people right there, someone could just know a scripture or a Bible verse that's just for you at just at that point in time. I mean, has that ever happened to you where like all of a sudden, you know, someone brings up a scripture and you're just like, oh my gosh, that's exactly what I was just reading. Or, oh my gosh, that's exactly what I, I was just thinking about that type of thing. It happened last night when Cor- like, I text Corbin. He's like, what are you doing? And I'm like, oh, this is, I'm actually reading the Bible. This is what I'm reading. And he sends me all this stuff that he'd already been looking up. Like, it's just kind of cool how that type of thing happens. So he speaks through his people. John 16, 13 says, but when he, the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all the truth. He will not speak on his own. He will speak only what he hears and he will tell you what is yet to come. This is the idea of like prophecy. And in the Old Testament, you see prophets for God's people, they were messengers from God. So God would tell prophets like real specific stuff. And if you like read Ezekiel, like God gets weird in there and it's awesome. It's so cool. He has Ezekiel. Ezekiel's a very visual learner. And so he has him doing a lot of like physical things to represent what uh, is coming against the people of Israel in the exile. And, and when, when you look at stuff like that, like God is speaking some very specific things, hard words for these messengers to deliver to the people of Israel. And in the Old Testament, that had to happen because the Spirit did not dwell inside of all of God's kids, of all the people. And so the Spirit would come upon a prophet and tell the prophet all this different stuff to then relay to the people. Now, if the people believed him or not, that's kind of up to them. You can see that pattern in Scripture of them disobeying and then coming back and then disobeying and then coming back. But once Jesus died on the cross, he bridged the gap between God and us to where now our bodies are temples of the Holy Spirit. And because of that, there's no middleman that's needed. So we, can, we have access to the same spirit that gave all the prophets the, the words for all the people in the Old Testament. We have that same spirit that lives inside of us now. And that because we have access to that same spirit, God has access to be able to give you what you need at the time you need it. And it's so awesome, the access that Jesus gave us to, be, to, to give us that gift. And that's why he said, it's better for me to go and be in heaven so that you can have the comforter, the comforter, the, the Holy Spirit that would reside inside of you. He says, it's better that I go. I mean, can you imagine lining up to get a word from Jesus when he's, if he's still on the planet? Like, you'd have like 20 seconds with him for your whole lifetime. That's all you'd get. Now we get to spend time with him 24-7. 24-7, it's so awesome. So when God's speaking through other people, people might um, deliver something like, they call it like, I have a word for you or something like that. Or, or, or they, they may say, you know, I feel like God put this Bible verse on my heart for you. Like, that's just God speaking through someone else into your life. And we'll talk about what we need to do with those words um, because we have to test them. We have to make sure because the truth is they're still coming from a human as well. 
And I think that there's a lot of different times where prophets nowadays um, can, it's, it's a common thing that they may, they may just, um, you know, put your word through their own hurt, if that makes sense. And all of a sudden they're like, you know, you have, you have this, I feel like you have, you have this, this crazy thing with, with your dad. Like, is your dad okay? And I'm like, I have a great relationship with my dad. But it was a hurt from his past that, does that make sense? That, that could impede that word. And so we want to make sure that we don't, we don't do that. So when people are giving us words, we're, we're going to test them against Scripture, against what God says, um, and against, like, what the Holy Spirit inside you is speaking and saying. And so we're talking about God speaking through his people, and we'll get to how we kind of go through what we hear um, and how we filter that after. We just need to understand that, like, everybody has the Spirit of God within them. That's a believer. Everybody does. And, like, that's, that's something to, like, consider and take hold of. And it's also something to understand that, like, that person is still human as well. So if someone comes up to us and says, I have a word for you, like, you need to understand that word's got to be checked and filtered through the Holy Spirit that lives in you, too, if that makes sense. Um, also through pastors and teachers. So I know we've all done this. I've heard this so many times where, like, I'll be like, hey, like, how's it going? And on a Sunday in the lobby, and they're like, I think that message was just for me. I'm like, I hear that every Sunday. And that's because it was just for you. Like, we as a staff, like, everybody who's speaking on the, on the speaking team on the platform is praying and, and asking God, like, what should I say today? And we believe that we're, we're doing that to the best of our abilities, giving that to, to who, whoever our audience might be in that Sunday morning or whoever's listening later. And God's speaking through us to you guys and to anybody who would listen. And that's just like one of the reasons we're placed on the planet. One of the reasons that Pastor Tim and Pastor Jay and Pastor Senior is placed on the planet is to do that. And all we're doing is listening for you guys. <laughs> we're doing the same thing. Um, we're doing it within our, gift, our giftings and, and within that gifting set. But that's just all it is. So it's, it, he can speak through uh, pastors, teachers, and honestly, anybody. He can speak through that. So he can speak through his people. Oh, yeah. Um, one resource. If you, if you really want to dig into um, hearing from God for other people, uh, it's a book called Translating God. Didn't bring it with me, but my men's group just did it. And it's awesome. It's by uh, a guy named Sean Bowles. And uh, it's B-O-L-Z is um, his name, and it's a great book. It's one of the best um, ways for listening for somebody else. This is, like, I love how simple he makes it. And he tracks all his words that he gives, so he does it. He, want him, he wants to get sharper. He wants to get better. One of the things that he does that just is really simple, he just asks, what is love saying? It could be that simple. Like, if you're trying to get a word from somebody else, ask, what is love saying right now? Because even if it's like a critique or something, like if you have put it in that framework, all of a sudden it's like it's coming from a place that's truth but love as well. That's something that touched me out of that book. It's really awesome. I read it probably three times now. Um, gives a lot of practicals. He has a lot of other books too in the realm of like words of knowledge and some giftings of the Holy Spirit, stuff like that. Um, but Sean Bowles, it's good stuff. Um, a way that, I mean, it seems like the, the last, I don't know, 10 years of my life, it's been really common practice to have someone um, listening for me or me for them to like, just, God, what are you trying to tell this person? What, is, what are you saying, God? What is love saying? And um, every once in a while, you'll get something that is so razor sharp accurate. It's like someone opened your mailbox and read everything. <laughs> and all of a sudden, like, 
God's just shining into your life. And I remember um, not too long ago, Sean, I was just talking with him and just kind of honestly just like opening up to a little bit about like what this last season has been. And he just, he just gave me this word that was like so razor sharp accurate for exactly what I needed that it almost floored me. It stopped me in my tracks. It stopped me in my tracks. And I, it was just one of those like ways when you find those people that, um, that you can trust with, that, with your heart and you find those people that know Jesus well and, and, and sharpen you and push you. And, and some of these people might be sitting in the table around you like right now, um, or you might be listening to this with them now. Like those are the people like that you should trust with practicing this type of thing with. Like here, try and hear for each other in those. And, and if you guys want to dive deeper into like what that could look like, uh, let me know. I got some resources in that regard too. Um, but 1 Corinthians 13.3 says, but one, but one who prophesies strengthens others, encourages them, and comforts them. A prophetic word, if you have a word for somebody, it should always be encouraging. It should always be uplifting. Think Caleb, okay? Positive, encouraging Caleb. That's how your prophetic words for someone should be. And think of it like this. Like, if you're discerning something, so say I discern, um, you know, like a, a spirit of heaviness on somebody. I want you to, like, look at discernment as, like, a conversation starter, not the word. Like, if I go up to somebody and I'm just like, I mean, you just seem really heavy. I'm praying for you. Like, that's not exactly that encouraging. Like, I might make me want to go on a diet. Like, I don't know what you mean. You know, but if I'm like, okay, if I discern the heaviness on someone, I'm like, then I'm just, I'm opening a dialogue. Like, God, why do, why do I feel that? Why do I, is this from you? Like, what is this? And then maybe he'll give something else. Um, but so when I, when I go up, it's like, you know what? I just want to pray. If I discern heaviness, I don't get any other like, word from God on it. I'm just going to pray the antithesis over them because that's going to be positive and encouraging. So if someone is feeling that, I feel like maybe they feel heavy or rejected or something like that, I'm going to be like, hey, can I just pray for you? I feel like God wants to like, lift you up. And, and I mean, he says, come to me, and my, my yoke is light. So I want to pray for just like, like anything to be just lifted off you. I, just, I feel led to pray for that. That's positive and encouraging, Right? And if you think of the idea that everything good and perfect comes from God, that's James. Everything good and perfect comes from God. Any word that you say that is good, it's going to come from God too. So even if you try and doubt that yourself of like, I don't know if that's God because I just, it's just me being nice. I'm like, if it's still good, it still has God in it, right? Now, maybe there's some places where he wanted you to listen a little bit deeper and you can, you can follow that, but don't follow that through shame. Like deliver something positive. If you think it, and it's good, you should say it. That's kind of the easiest way to think about prophetic words. They should be positive and uplifting no matter what. So if you do discern something, if you feel like you, you see something, it's negative or it's heavy or it's icky, make, make sure you dig into that word a little bit more before you share it. All right, so God speaks through his word, through people. He also speaks through impressions or downloads. And honestly, this is like the thing I want to try and um, really unpack a little bit tonight because... Impressions and downloads are honestly one of the most common ways God will speak to us, especially when we start walking in relationship with him regularly. Because we get so close to him, we start to pick up. And this is like when we're tuning in that channel with him, we can get impressions and downloads. I was talking with my men's group about this yesterday morning. Uh, and it's really cool to hear how each of us hears from God. So the idea of butterflies, that was Pastor Sean. He's like, it feels like butterflies to me. Um, you know, and, and I think that 
the beauty of a personal relationship with God is that that feeling is going to feel a little bit different. I've heard it described as, have you ever been like pulled up at a stoplight and you can feel the bass in the car next to you, like the, the stereo, where it's like boom, 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 and you're just like, oh my gosh. Like, yeah, we can hear the video downstairs. That's right. I've heard it described that way too, where it's like, it's a sound, but you feel it instead of just hear it. It's a feeling and it's, and it's here, and it's seeing, it's, it's God. It's God, that's how he speaks. And so I want you to imagine where these impressions and these downloads come from is from the deepest place within you. And so I like to, like, if you think about the, the idea that, like, the Holy Spirit actually resides inside of you, like, physically inside of you, like, it's, it's in what would be called the Holy of Holies. That's how the temple was set up. It had the Holy of Holies, had the inner courts, and the outer courts. When Jesus died, the veil was torn in the temple. So now the Holy Spirit lives in you. And so it's from that place he's going to speak, from the deepest part within you. And for me, that's like, like center, like sternum, just maybe a little bit lower. Like it's the deepest place within me, and it's a spiritual place. And so if you can, and this is how I've always described it, is like if I could just take my ears off and just put my ears there instead, like I'm going to listen from the deepest place within me. That's where those impressions and downloads come from, is like depth. When deep cries out to deep, right? The depth of God is crying out inside the depth of you, and it comes to your mind that way. It doesn't come from above, like straight into your head. It comes from a depth within you. Now, there's a whole bunch of other, other things and other, other stuff, but at the basic of everything, it comes from the deepest part within you. That's where these impressions and these downloads come from. Now, believe me when I tell you, he wants to speak to you. He wants to be found. Remember, he's not far away. He wants to be found. Isaiah 30, 21 says, whether you turn to the right or to the left, your ears will hear a voice behind you saying, this is the way, walk in it. Walk in it. And when you begin to listen from that place of depth within you and not from your mind itself, you begin to tune into what God's saying. As God speaks from that place, you will get things that pop into your mind. So as you're just listening there, all of a sudden you're gonna get something that's like, where'd that come from? Probably from God at that point, if you're tuned in that way. And maybe it's a word. Maybe it's a Bible verse that pops into your head. Maybe it's a number. Uh, maybe it's a, you know, it could be really anything. Maybe while you're doing this, uh, you're reading something. Even if even it's secular, something pops out to you, and it's from like a, like a it's, you can tell that it originates from someplace deep. That's God speaking to you through a download or through an impression. And the more and more you listen from that place of depth, like, the more intricate those things that you're going to get are going to be. Like, it's time. It's experience. It's time with God. It is. Now, some people can just, like, they jump into that relationship so deep, and, and God puts them in a place, and this is not to make anyone else jealous, but all of a sudden they hear full things and, and big things, or they're seeing all this stuff. Like, you don't, we don't need to compare ourselves to anybody else. Everybody's story is different. He's going to speak to everybody a little bit differently. And so, like, if some people are, you know, as you're in your group discussions, are like, seeing visions and getting all these numbers and all this stuff, like, do not compare yourself to them because only you can be you. No one else can do it. They aren't up to the task of being you. So don't try to be up to the task to be them or compare yourself to them because how you hear from God is so significant because it's you because he wants to speak to you through that. So that's one thing I wanted to preface because when we're, we're talking about these downloads and, and these, these impressions, it's important to understand that. Now, this could happen at any point in time. I've gotten downloads 
while listening to music, and that could be any kind of music. Well, not any kind of music. There's really bad music out there that I'm sure, well, you probably still hear the Holy Spirit go, stop it. <laughs> so you'd still hear at some point. Uh, but I've, I've heard God speak through um, a secular book, like a, just a, a hunting journal that I was, that I was reading one time. Um, I've, I've heard God speak through podcasts, um, through just talking with someone else. I've heard God speak through movies. One of my favorite things to do is to ask somebody, like, if you, like, what is your, your like, the most favorite movie scene that you have? Like, sometimes it's hard for people to pick a movie, but, like, what's the one scene in a movie that just, like, that you could just, you watch every time? That you just, you just, and it's usually something will come to mind. And for me, it's Lord of the Rings. I love Lord of the Rings, but in the second movie, in Two Towers, um, at the very end, like, the enemy is just surrounding them. And the hero, Aragorn, he says, what can men, or no, the, the king Theoden says, what can men do against such reckless hate? And the hero says, we can ride out and meet them. And I, I felt the spirit go like, yes. At any point in time, no matter how much the enemy is like around you, you have the power to ride out and meet them and be victorious. And like, for me, I was like, Oh, like I felt God speak in that moment. I was like, and I felt encouraged and empowered by, by, by God and, and his character to, to come in and to rescue his children at the moment of death to where death can't even touch them. That's what it, it spoke to me in that time. Now, I'm not saying like, you know, that movie is now godly because like he spoke to me. That, no, he spoke to me. Like, what could that be for you? For my wife, it was a completely different movie for a completely different scene. But I just use that as an example because you can get an impression and a download at any point in time. That's the access that we have to them. So you could be praying for someone and you, and you get this little impression of just like, oh my gosh, I wonder if, I wonder if they're hurting. Like, and all of a sudden, like God gives you this clue for somebody else or for you. Just like, I mean, it was honestly an impression and download as I was reading the word from yesterday morning. Like God, God is like, no, 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 the light's inside of you. Like, Right now, I want you to work on you is basically what he's saying to me. I'm like, oh, okay, I get that. So what could that be for you? If, if you have no idea where to start with an impression or a download, start with the word. Start with the Bible. Easiest place to do it. Starting, starting there, letting the spirit leap, and then following that train of thought. That's the best possible spot. Downloads could be anything. I don't like to put labels on like, I have a word of knowledge for you. I have a, I have a word of wisdom. Like Sometimes it's good to... to label those things so you can practice like those giftings. But the truth is, if you're hearing from God, what do you mean to know? Download, impression, vision, whatever that could be. Then what do you mean to do with it? It could be that simple. Like, what is love saying? And so we don't need to put all these, it's, I mean, you can't put parameters around God. You can't put them in a box. So I'm trying to label all the different words he gives me. I don't know. For, to me, that it trips me up more than helps me. And so just hear from, just like whatever the impression goes, then write that down, get, get to that. All right, so impressions and downloads. Last one I want to talk about tonight is dreams and visions. And boy, let me tell you, this is where it can get weird and crazy. Don't be intimidated by it. Don't. Joel 2, 28, 29. Then after doing all these things, I will pour out my spirit upon all people. Everybody say all people. All people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your old men will dream dreams. And your young men will see visions. In those days, I will pour out my spirit even on servants, men and women alike. This is huge. Everybody has access to this as well. And the truth is, I didn't have access to it until I just asked. 
I asked God, God, can I have a vision of a dream? I didn't know what I was getting into. But <laughs> and it's, I, I, I don't regret it, and I would never look back. Like, for real, it's something special. But don't be intimidated by that. Don't be intimidated by, like, a, like a vision sounds real supernatural all of a sudden, and, like, like you're a weirdie, you know, at some level. Like, you can't go to the tire shop and be like, I got this vision the other day. They'll be like, mm-hmm. sure you did, buddy. And, you know, <laughs> no, don't be intimidated by that because God loves to speak through stuff like that. He does. So through dreams and visions, you see this sort of thing mentioned in the Bible, Old Testament and the New Testament. There are so many ways God speaks to his kids and he knows each of us individually. So if you ask for this sort of thing, he starts giving that, he's not gonna give you more than you can handle. He's gonna give you what you need. He wants to show you something, he's gonna show it to you. Now we can try and classify every single thing he speaks to us, like is it a, this type of vision or that? Like again, just break it down simple. What do you mean to know? Then what do you mean to do with it? Make it simple that way. So quick, so I was like trying to think of a few different examples. One of the, one of the um, visions that stands out for something that God spoke to me, there was a time in my life where I was just uh, buried in striving. I was just, I was just try, trying, trying and trying and trying to do this, to do that, to be a good dad, to be a good husband, uh, to do the right thing, to be a good pastor, to read my Bible every day, to, to, to finish my push-ups each day. Like it's, I mean, everything. I was trying, like, and it, all of it was based on my own willpower and it was just, it wasn't healthy. And so I remember just being in a tough season, especially like just feeling like a lot of attack and stuff. And I'm just like, man, I'm trying so hard. And I feel like I'm not getting anywhere. And, and I just started listening about that. I was in a happy hour and I was like, God, what are you saying about this? I just feel tired. I'm kind of worn. And he gives me this vision. And in this vision, I have like a pretty sweet sword, um, just to, not to toot my own horn, but it's pretty awesome. And uh, in the vision, I, I have this sword and, I, and there's this like, just this, like this, these dark, this dark enemy, like like line of soldiers, like, and and there we're in this war. I mean, it's kind of like Lord of the Rings, and I'm just like, and I'm I'm fighting, and I'm doing okay. I'm holding my own, like I'm doing good, and I'm fighting, but I'm just getting tired. I'm not getting anywhere. I'm not gaining any ground, and I'm like, like what is going on? Why can't I, I I do anything? And Jesus like gets my attention. He's on the side of the the battle lines, and he's over there, and I'm like, what? Are you, what are you doing? <laughs> like, uh, like we're, we're fighting here. And he goes, we could just go around. And I'm like, oh. And I just like walked over and we went around. Like we're best at war. We're not devil focused. That was the word that came out of it. Was that like, I don't need to be like focused on the enemy. If I'm focused on Jesus, his peace, and he lead me to a season of rest where I could put my sword down and I could, I could still advance and where he wanted me to go. And I'm just going to go around. I'm not going to give the enemy the attention. That was what he gave me. That, that was a vision. That was a vision for me. And it was short. Like, I explained it longer than it was. Like, it was, it was pretty short and sweet. And he just, just gave it to me because I, was, I just pressed in to listen. So that's, that's an example of a vision. A dream um, we could do. We've had weekend seminars just on dreams. Basic framework for a dream. If, if you find yourself in a dream that's memorable, it's probably significant. Like, how many times you wake up, like, I dreamt something last, but I can't remember what. Okay, that may not be as significant. But if, if the dream is in black and white and muted, and if you are, like, held back, like, you can't run or you can't scream or you can't do anything and it's black and white, most likely that's a dream from the enemy. Most likely, most circumstances. Could be something where God's trying to reveal something, an attack the enemy's trying to do on you, but most likely that's from the enemy. Now, if you find yourself in a dream that's very memorable, it's vivid colors, it's pretty lucid, meaning you had control over yourself, like, 
chances are that could be a prophetic dream that God wanted to show you something. And I want to tell you, most dreams are not literal. Most dreams are laden with symbols. And so like dig into what the interpretation or what that dream could mean with God. Like, why is this significant? Why is the blue truck there? Why is blue significant? Like, asking questions like that will get you to an interpretation. Um, if you ever have a dream that is like, man, it's just something else or whatever, I cannot, like, guarantee I'll get an interpretation because there's many dreams. I'm like, I have no idea. I'm so sorry. So I can't promise you anything, but, like, if you wanted to, if you feel like something was significant, write it down, shoot, me, shoot it in an email. I'd love to be able to try and uh, chew on it with the Lord as well. But that's the basics of the dream, basic framework there. So I want to jump into, um, all right, steps to hearing his voice. I'm going to, like, kind of speed through these things because I think they're kind of self-explanatory, and I want to get us to the spot in our study guides where we can kind of practice this. So steps to hearing his voice, place yourself close to him. Come close to God, and he will come close to you. How many times do you only hear the front half of that verse? We're reading it all tonight, baby. All right, buckle up. Wash your hands, you sinners. <laughs> Purify your hearts, for your loyalty is divided between God and the world. That, the entirety of that verse is so key. Wash your hands. He's saying, like, if you want to draw close to God, the, like, how much of the Old Testament was, like, you have to, like, leave the camp for a certain amount of time because, like, you're not clean. Like, we have to wash ourselves to be able to, like, place ourselves close to him. What's the thing that separates us from him now? Sin. That's all it is. So, Repent. Like, get your, if you want to get close to God, like, bring yourself to where you let, you have nothing in between you two. And so you're repenting for stuff you didn't know you committed. You're the little things like being quick to repent is a mark of spiritual maturity. So repent, draw close to Him, um, invite Him in, invite the Holy Spirit to fill you up, top to bottom, place yourself close to Him. Step two is listen with expectation. This is like, I don't know if I'm a hunter. So, like, it's about to be turkey season soon. When I walk out in spring in the forest, I am listening with expectation. Where I'm hearing the gobble, that's maybe not a gobble. I have no idea what. Did I hear one? Like, expectation. Think about, like, if, uh, if you're working out and you're waiting for that timer and you can't see it, and you're in a plank, like, you are listening with expectation. That's how you should listen when you're hearing from God. With, like, where you're not just like, maybe I'll hear something. You are expecting to hear something. Listen with expectation. And that's just one of the ways that we talked about tonight. If it's just an impression, you're listening from that depth. If you're just reading the word, like expect the spirit to leap within you as you are reading, no matter how long that takes. Whatever that looks like, expect him to speak. When you're on a Sunday, expect God to speak. Expect that spirit to go, to leap within you on a word or a point or a sticky statement that someone says. Listen with expectation. Number three, test what you hear. This is the big thing. Acts 17, Paul's talking to Smithenians. He says this, and the people of Berea were more open-minded than those in Thessalonica, and they listened eagerly to Paul's message. They searched the scriptures day after day to see if Paul and Silas were teaching the truth. This is the thing. Anything you feel like you hear, you take back to God. Take back to him. And the easiest way to take it back to him is to, does it line up with scripture? Does that word line up with scripture? If someone comes up to you and is like, I feel like, God is going to bring like X, Y, Z into your life. I'm like, given where I'm at right now, what I've heard from the Lord, like, is this, does that even line up with, with what he's saying? And especially like if it doesn't line up with the Bible, if they're telling you, um, you know, to, to do something that's blatantly just wrong, like not in scripture at all, 
you know that's not from God because it's against Scripture. God would never say something that's against his own word. And so test that. Does it line up with Scripture? Then does it line up with what God has already told you? Someone could come up to you with no favor. Like, you don't even know them at all. And they give you this word from God. You should take out the big old grain of salt, too. And pray, God, if this is real, let it sink into good soil in me. Let it sink so deep that it cannot come out of me. But if it's not from you, I pray it falls away so fast it doesn't even, it doesn't even touch any sort of good soil in me. Like, those are the type of prayers you're doing. Testing, testing that word with God. Test what you hear. And the fourth one, receive it. Ezekiel 3.10, son of man, let all my words sink deep into your own heart first. This is Ezekiel. Every single thing God said to Ezekiel, he said, let everything I tell you sink in your own heart first. Then, or listen to them carefully for yourself. And then the next verse, he says, then you can tell the people. Like, let the word sink deep into yourself first. Let that sink in. Because that's receiving it is what he wants. Like, it's one thing to hear it, but we don't want to be hearers, we want to be doers, right? So if he's speaking something to you, start asking those questions. Like, if I'm going to receive this, how is this word going to change my life? Does God have an action step for me next? Like, do I need to, to join this group or to do this thing or to, or to stop doing something, to let go of something, to release something to him? Like, Generally, God is going to try and make us look more like him after an experience with him. So receiving it is also doing what he says. It's obeying as well. And so um, your group exercise there, and for, so, for those of you that uh, don't want to jump into the group exercise, you just want to do the group discussion, that's fine. But this is a thing, um, an exercise that's awesome. So I challenge you to do it in your groups, but you're just going to read Psalm 91 out loud, and you can take turns on some verses, and just you're just going to start like through different vocal boxes as the different verses are being read and you're reading them along, like God's going to say something to you. And so there's, there's directions on there, like have someone at your table pray and ask God uh, to, uh, to come close and to speak to you. But then just start writing down what you feel like you're hearing out of that Psalm. I love Psalm 91. It's one of my best, my favorite Psalms, not my best Psalms, but God does, has done some really good stuff in that Psalm in my life. Uh, that's what I felt led to put on the paper tonight. Um, so as you do that, and then everything else in the, in the group discussions, just talk about the idea of like how, why is hearing hard for us and, um, and, and what are some different things that we struggle with and how, how are you successful, how you can share that with other people. But that's what we want to do tonight. So I'm going to pray um, and I'll pray and I'll ask God to, to speak to us and you guys can jump straight into that. And again, if you want to move into um, the, just the group discussion, that's fine. And uh, one more thing, I'm going to pray first. Jesus, we invite you in. Holy Spirit, fill us up to overflowing. Give us eyes to see what you want us to see and ears to hear what you want us to hear. Open our senses up to you, God. Influence our minds and our thoughts. But the biggest thing is we just, we take the lid off of us and we throw it so far away. We are open to what you want to say. We render the enemy blind, deaf, mute, dumb in the name of Jesus Christ. That He has no influence here. We know that. So God, speak to us. Speak to us through your word. Speak to us through one another. We're open to you. We want to hear from you, God. So we invite you in in your heavenly name. Amen.